Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I think there is a difference in salvation and wholeness. A difference in salvation and wholeness. And I want to give you a little window into at least my theology, and I don't want to claim it with absolute certainty. I hope you have somewhat recognized that there is, um, that the Episcopal Church and this community in particular allows a kind of a breadth of thought and theology, and we don't all have to agree. But I believe that the act of what takes place on the cross solves everything. It means that everyone is saved. Hard stop. We in there. That that kind of line in John 17 that we often overlook, that Jesus draws the whole world to himself. Everyone is saved. Every person is loved unconditionally by God, and therefore salvation resolves everything, the whole world. I mean, if God loves everybody, hard stop. We're good. Now, then a fair question might be, well then, what are we doing here? If God has done what God has done, then why do we need to gather here? Why do we need to, to gather as community? Why do we need to confess, hear Scripture, receive the Eucharist? I'm not sure we're all whole. I'm not sure that wholeness is the reality that all of us experience and yet, I do believe that wholeness is a possibility. But there's a difference between salvation and wholeness. And I'm struck in our scriptures today that there are 10 people who are suffering. They know Jesus, they call Jesus by name, and they are made clean. 
that means they are saved. And then one person comes back, the Sumerian, and gives thanks to God, and Jesus says, you are made well. And a better translation of that word is made whole. There is something in that simple act of gratitude and response that changes that person's life, that sets that person apart from the rest of the community. Now, a few weeks ago, I preached a a sermon and, and shared with you one of my spiritual practices on Fridays, which is to go fishing and how that's what I try to do if I can. And then I forgot to do something at the conclusion of that sermon. Does anybody want to guess what that was? I forgot to do this. So, the last two Fridays have been a little bit different. I have been waiting from a, a visit from the wonderful um, Absolute Environmental. And you all know who that is? Some of y'all have had encounters with Absolute Environmental. Um, about uh, last Thanksgiving, my family, my parents and sister were in town and they began to notice that things weren't working right in the house. And so they looked in the, um, to Google the answer of all questions and they found absolute environmental. And um, a few weeks later, our entire backyard was dug up and we were having our field lines replaced and our savings account wiped clean. <laughs> and thought everything was resolved. Well, a few weeks ago, I realized that it had not rained in Alabama in probably 130 days, and my backyard was wet. So something was not right. I kept thinking about this promise that Absolute Environmental had made, that they would make sure that everything would be working for at least a year, and so I dug out my nice pink receipts from Absolute Environmental, the one time that I'm really happy that I'm very organized and called them up and just wanted to make sure that they knew that I had paid for everything in December and it had yet to be a year and that they were going to fix everything. Guy number one came uh, by 6.30 p.m. after he called at 8 a.m. two Fridays ago. He confirmed, yes, this is a field line issue where they had worked on, and yes, they would send somebody out the next week and fix everything. So this past Friday, the guy shows up a little earlier, by 1 o'clock as opposed to 6.30 p.m., and a different guy, and, and he begins to kind of tell me what's going on. And I found myself so anxious that I would have to, that they would try to kind of mitigate responsibility to me that I kept, you know, y'all said you would fix this and I'm holding my receipts and I'm being a total jerk. I'm going to just name it. And the guy is telling me how, he's telling me about all the laws and how it really works and how you need much more feet and how they didn't really replace, replace, they just repaired. And I'm like, but you said you'd fix it. He looks at me after about 10 minutes. He's like, it's under warranty. You're good. I'm just trying to explain how everything works. I'm being a jerk because I think I'm entitled for the thing to be fixed because I paid for it last December. I 
think this is how we work as human beings. That when we believe that we are owed something, we forget to be kind of grateful. And the, res- the result of that is we are not whole. Now I can go a lot deeper than that. I don't know if that's really necessary, but we're not whole. And so I'm struck, I know there's a risk in septic tanks to Jesus, recognize. <laughs> we'll keep this out of social media. Um, that the 10 are all saved. The 10, God has promised them life. God has made them clean. They are saved. All of us, regardless of what we have experienced in life, God's love is real. God's love is a part of calling us into that love. Regardless of who you are and what you are experienced, you are sacred and and valued. The only response that makes us whole is to learn to be generous, is to learn to be grateful, to change our mindset, to move away from entitlement. That little act of that person going to Jesus and giving thanks makes them whole. I wonder if the difference in our lives of finding wholeness is the simple act of learning to give thanks in all things that we do, to be grateful. And I know it's hard sometimes, especially when we feel like the cards are stacked against us. It's not to, to not be real and to be honest with our lives but it's a shift in ourselves. I, I was thinking back to, I shared the, the image with you all several months ago, but you know, the, the, that image of the Dalai Lama and, and um, Desmond Tutu kind of tickling each other and just having joy in this life, two people that have faced incredible hardship and are responsible for other people and yet have this kind of ethic of, of gratitude and, and joy that makes them whole is a model for wholeness. I mean, if they, can, if they can learn to live this life in a way of, of being grateful, I think that we all can find that. We have kicked off this weekend with emails and hopefully letters. I'm not sure that our, um, our, our, our database is always correct, so hopefully you've received letters in the mail as well or will be. I like to think of stewardship as one act of that. It's not, um, as your rector, I probably need to tell you that we need to keep the lights on, but it's not about that. It's about learning to be grateful. It's learning to be, to in all things that we do, to give thanks. Maybe another act is learning to, to see the people around us that we give thanks and telling them that, reminding them that. In all things that we do, we have an opportunity to let go of entitlement to learn to be thankful, to make our lives, to mold our lives into that kind of way of being. And I think the scriptures may point us to when we do that, we find wholeness. We move from salvation to recognizing that gift, to being whole. May we look for ways 
of living that way, of being grateful, of being hopeful, of being open and sharing that ethic with the world that we live in. Amen. Now standing and turning to page five of your bulletin. Let's proclaim our faith in this God of generosity using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen in us. 